Hey guys, I recently launched a Kofi, which is this tip jar service for those of you who want to go that extra mile to support me. It's not all necessary or anything, but if you do feel yourself wanting to buy me a coffee, as they put it, I'd very much appreciate it. Uh, the link is in the show notes or the description box if you're watching this on YouTube. So thank you in advance. And no matter what form your support comes in, I sincerely appreciate it. So without further ado, welcome to the lighthouse, incurring the wrath of the gods. Today I want to explore the way Robert Edgers uses mythology and mythical symbolism to tell a story about madness, alcoholism, and homoeroticism in his 2019 psychological thriller film, The Lighthouse. The story begins with Ephraim Winslow taking up a job to serve as a wiki for a month under the supervision of the head lighthouse keeper, one elderly Thomas Wake. What begins as a grueling exercise in increasingly demanding labor on the part of Ephraim, completing demeaning tasks in an effort to please this irritable old sailor, becomes a tale about a battle with the sea gods themselves, when a raging storm prevents their relief ferry from arriving. Stranded on the island together, awaiting help that will never come, the two turn to their reserve rations, stocked only with alcohol, and proceed to get drunk, slowly slipping into madness whilst alternating between moments of hostility towards each other and moments of intimacy. I, if I had a steak, I would fuck it. Although Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson playing Wake and Winslow respectively, essentially serve as the only two characters with speaking roles, the sea serves as a character as well. This film is inspired by sailors' myths and myths from classical mythology. It's imbued in the very framework of the movie, from the salty swagger of Thomas Wake and the reverie he shows concerning sea traditions and superstitions, to Winslow's hallucinations of sea monsters and mermaids, often motivated by his own sexual urges. He's seen masturbating to a mermaid figurine throughout the course of the film. The characters have this almost psychosexual relationship with the sea that evokes something that is both a god to be feared and a lover to be pleased. Wake especially conveys this. He's a student of the mythos, a crusty old sailor who's heard the song of the sirens. He's someone who is all too afraid of incurring the wrath of the gods. He speaks to Winslow often in these cryptic sea riddles and conjures up prose like a long-remembered prayer. Look no further than the famous Hark scene. Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! In a scene that will later ring to be prophetic, Wake curses Winslow, imbued by a force so powerful it speaks through him, as if he's being commanded by the voice of God. And as he calls out for Neptune to strike Winslow dead, he states that Winslow will become a nothing for the harpies and souls of dead sailors to peck and claw at and feed upon. Despite this harrowing proclamation, there's also a sadness within Wake's eyes and his demeanor as he delivers this prophecy. What begins as a chant to curse Winslow, fueled by anger and disdain towards his disrespect of the authority that is the sea and for his insubordination, becomes all the more worrisome, as if Wake truly fears the very thing he's brought upon Winslow. You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? For Wake, the mythos is gospel, 
and his attitude towards protecting it versus Winslow's more nonchalant attitude concerning the power of the sea continues further. Wake's initial cries to Winslow that it's bad luck to kill a seabird due to his belief that they hold the souls of dead sailors becomes more than just haughty superstition when both of their worlds are in fact destroyed by the sea. Connecting this to myth, there's something here that conjures up Odysseus, king of Ithaca, who after blinding Polyphemus, the Cyclops and son of Poseidon, is cursed, doomed to travel the seas aimlessly for nearly ten years. Poseidon makes his life a living hell, the consequences of thinking oneself to be above the gods. Edgers also pulls on another Greek myth even more so, the myth of Prometheus, who steals fire from the gods to give to man so they can harness the power of nature for their own benefit. In the film, Winslow is forbidden by Wake to enter the central light room of the lighthouse, to gaze upon the light or tend to it. It's a job only reserved for Wake, and one of the underlying struggles between them in the film is Wake's own protection over it and selfishness. Wake's role in serving as a keeper of knowledge and a protector of the sea's secrets draws yet again on a third Greek myth of Proteus, the old man of the sea, subject to the sea god Poseidon who serves as an oracle, a knower of all things past, present, and future, a prophet. Wake's own prophetic nature is fully realized when Winslow meets the very same fate he'd been damned to in the Hark sequence. The final scene of the movie depicting him lying on the beach as gulls peck and claw at his insides. This all occurring after Winslow had finally gained entry into the light room, so transfixed by the blinding Fresnel lens that he was consumed by it, falling to his death. Food for the gulls. Back to Prometheus, whose punishment from Zeus for stealing fire is to be chained to a cliff as a vulture eats at his liver for eternity. The liver which functions as the organ that breaks down the alcohol in one's body, once again connecting to Winslow's increasing love of drink throughout the film as a way to cope with his own madness. But what does Edgers gain from imbuing this story with so much classical myth? Well, I think the end result is something that commentates on the human connection with the divine, just like the old myths did. Winslow and Wake are extensions of those tragic characters in conflict with the gods and each other and their own primal sexual natures. They defy and worship and obey and curse, but in the end they are at the mercy of an unforgiving power, of an all-consuming force. And the very myths that had stoked their fears and taken over their minds in life, in death become something they are fully absorbed into. The tale of the two lighthouse keepers consumed by their own madness, driven to insanity, now becomes etched into the mythos as well. Another tale for would-be sailors and seafarers who dare incur the wrath of the sea god himself, else they meet the very same fate as Winslow and Wake. Forgotten to any man, to any time. Forgotten to any god or devil, forgotten even to the sea. For any part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but is now itself the sea. Mind Theater is produced and written by me, A.O. Akingbata, in collaboration with Muckraker Media. To subscribe, look for Mind Theater on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For updates on the show and upcoming episodes, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter. 
Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. All right, have it your way. I like you cooking.